and we're live. And we're live. Welcome to On Education <laughs> Chat. I'm Mike Washburn. <laughs> and I'm Glenn Irvin. <laughs> Mike, you're looking really amazing. These Thank days. you. Um, I have grown hair. <laughs> and Diana has joined us in this awkward conversation <laughs> between the new Mike and myself here. <laughs> That is so awesome. Oh, so how is everyone this uh, yeah. new week of 2020? How are you, yes. Diana? <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme today of, you know, waking up in the morning going, oh, which version of or which chapter of Revelations will we be seeing today? Yes. <laughs> like, amen. Yes. Um, and in our part of the United States, uh, they're doing some news stories about cicadas. So it's mm. like a locust. And, and I agree. What chapter of Revelations is that? Oh the plagues. So those, those are the 17 year cicadas mm -hmm. that are coming out then. Uh, just to top it all off. Yes. To, we don't have an, an, enough things. We haven't had enough <laughs> the past two months. <laughs> uh, and it just seems like the last few days have been just escalating like everything nationwide the I, I didn't think that it could actually <laughs> reach a higher point but man we've surpassed it many times over as we continue to go down this this crazy path all kinds of stuff happening and, it, and what's crazy is i you know, you can never predict, obviously, anything happens anywhere as far as in the United States, right? But in a city like Minneapolis, has ever, anyone's ever been to Minneapolis and, and knows anything about it, just, I would say that you would say, meh, that wouldn't be the, the place where I would think that this, the center of the nation's attention is right actually now. at, but yeah. it is, and it yeah. is. Um, tumultuous and it's still very, very uh, much on fire, you know, literally. Yep. And, and it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's so hard also to try to figure out like, what can we do? That's what I was just thinking about today. You know, I saw all these different tweets about saying, Hey, as educators, we need to stand up and we need to show our voices are behind um, our colleagues and our students and our parents of uh, uh, African-American students or any of our students of color. But I just try to figure out myself, I'm like, I don't even know how I could even add anything potentially positive to this conversation. And maybe that's it. That's kind of where I'm, I'm at. And I, I want to be able to do whatever I can to support the movement and the, and, and what people are protesting about, but I, it's, it's, is, is it difficult for you guys too? I mean, as far as to try to find that, and then I'm afraid, literally I am afraid and it, maybe I shouldn't be, but I am, I'll just admit it of just putting something out there that could be misconstrued or I'd say yep. something stupid because I honestly don't know what to actually say that would add a positive note to something except right. that I support obviously the the movement and and what's happening and 
and I empathize, but I, I don't, I, you know, it's kind of where you're just feeling kind of basically speechless, which is very uncommon for me. Uh, but I don't want to say something that could be misconstrued or something stupid. Basically, that that's a good way of, of putting it. How about you guys? I'm very much the same. Um, you know, I, I don't know what to say because I don't feel like I have enough of the background, I guess, to contribute to the conversation. And maybe that's my own fault that I haven't inserted myself into being more knowledgeable mm. uh, about social justice and the classroom. But I know I uh, saw a tweet, gosh, and it was several days ago uh, of a fellow teacher on Twitter and just one of the most genuinely kind caring teachers out there I mean such a far better person than me and she was upset because she had some negative negativity pushed back on her at Twitter and at first I didn't yeah. know why I just said you know what who's there for kids you are because you are amazing not just on Twitter I mean I know from real life she's amazing yes. and her response was this happens every time I post about race. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. And that it, it's, you know, it's so hard to, it takes so much bravery and courage. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, and that's not an excuse because that's just, I'm the scaredy cat lion sometimes of making the effort to post stuff and be vocal and knowing that someone might shoot you down. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Diana? I, you're, you're right on par. Um, not to take away from the incident that's happening right now in, in uh, Minneapolis for sure, but did you see how Kentucky started the week out where someone uh, hung our, hung a, a dummy, like a yes. scarecrow kind of thing from yeah. a tree at our Capitol hung him in effigy with a sign on it. That's that were the words that John Wilkes Booth uttered um, many years ago. And so our governor addressed uh, the Commonwealth on Monday and talked very honestly about what had happened on Sunday afternoon at the Capitol. And I, I, I got online and I was talking with some people and I'm like, I just am so angry about this. I want to do something. I want to do something, I, but I don't know what to do. And it's kind of the same situation. I don't know what to do or what, what I, a difference I can make. Um, but it's just angers me so much that there's so much hate everywhere with, with everything that's going on. And Yes. I think we're all at a loss of how to help. Yes. And I, I just feel that I don't even think this is, this feels like the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's, it's kind of like the virus where you knew that there was going to be a surge and there was eventually, there was going to be a lot of people that were going to die and that are still going to continue to die. But it felt like all the entire time, like we were just talking about the beginning of it. And we had even said that. There's been many moments as far as in 
obviously in United States history, even in just the civil rights, since the civil rights movement to now. And it, this feels like that moment, and you guys are know these moments well, uh, like in the 90s. I don't know if you remember, but the LA riots, Rodney oh, yeah. King, and, mm -hmm. and there was this feeling that everyone knew around the country that things were about to get really bad before they right. could get, before they could, before we could start healing, you know, mm -hmm. and, and things, things actually start feeling like, yeah, we can, we can get past this moment. We can learn from it. We all are better people. Right. And I, and I don't know, I, and maybe I'm an idiot for thinking this or whatever it might be, but there was moments inside of the uh, Obama presidency where I felt like we have made a huge stride, like huge strides as people. And I felt like our young people in my, the people in my classrooms had changed for a in a positive way. Mm -hmm. Like there was some things happening that I had never seen before in, in a positive light, both um, acceptance, empathy, uh, the willingness to listen out ideas, you know? And, and I was like, something is, is actually we are changing and then, <laughs> and then it was, that wasn't actually that wasn't actually true it was just my my perception of where i was living in my little tiny bubble of whatever it was um but i just think there's a lot of people hurting and when you hurt it's easy to be afraid it's easy to then hate you know it's easier to throw out you know hate or visceral whatever it might be um and it's hard for us to be able to live and communicate with each other. And then as educators, we are, we're put in this position of we are trying to do the best that we possibly can and living in this tumultuous time. Just insane. I, 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 like I said, I usually at loss for words and then I don't know what would be a positive thing that I could bring to, except to say, yes, I support you. And actually I've seen a lot of different posts and probably you guys have too, where I've just basically retweeted and, and liked obviously their tweets because their, their words are way more powerful than anything I could ever say. Um, so yeah, I mean, well, someone was, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say my, my children are grown. I don't know if I've mentioned that before and I'm so proud of them. They, uh, my daughter just moved back to Kentucky they live in New York City. My son still lives in New York City, but my daughter just moved back to Kentucky. And I and she posted today online um, her sentiments, and she's she was she did so so eloquently and so adult like. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so I'm just gonna like that right there, just love that and let it go because she's speaking for all of us. And I was so yeah. proud of her for doing that. Hey, that's that's called. That's your children. That was <laughs> the best representation of what you could have actually done as far as uh, yeah. raising your children and and for them to to like you said post eloquently and yeah yeah to t <laughs> put it in the best words basically right. yes. And I would say the same. I'm I'm seeing my students doing that on Facebook, like the mm -hmm. the older ones who have been out for a few years because yes. you know yeah once you just graduated, there most of them aren't on Facebook. Um, but it's been really great seeing uh, some of the stuff they're posting and mm -hmm. then they go and they defend their post when someone else tries to argue them down. Yes. And I've, 
I mean, just that little part inside of me of going, yes, good for you for standing up for what you believe in, even if it's unpopular among some of the older people around you. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, as I was thinking about this chat here, I was like, well, we got to start with that because. Absolutely. That's, that's I thought about you level. today when I saw all that chaos. I thought about you, Glenn. Yeah, no, and, and I, and I mean, I've, some of my friends and colleagues and, and, and obviously I, a lot of people that I know live in, in Minneapolis and Minneapolis mm -hmm. area. And really what I want for all of them is number one, to make sure that justice is served, you know, and that we can together make strides towards a better world for everybody, not just for some people, but for everyone. And that everyone recognizes that there was a horrible act that is not actually that uncommon, unfortunately. And that's, and that sucks that that's the reality of where we're actually at, but it is what it is the truth. And so how do we, how do we actually make strides forward? What do we need to do to, I, I wouldn't even just call it like, you know, education, <laughs> the things it's really like a, a, you need a heartfelt change. I mean, that's really what it is, because that you don't just get educated and, and not feel hate. It's something that truly needs to change uh, inside many of us because we felt whatever it is that we have felt. Um, I thought that Pete Buttigieg, as he was running for president, many times was talking very he, he did a really good job basically about speaking to the United States as a whole not just Democrats, but he was talking about these marginalized, there's a marginalized group of also of white Americans, poor, really poor people. And there's some people that take advantage of the situations that certain people are in and the despair that they have and turn that into something very ugly. Now that ugliness has unfortunately existed as part of our country from you know, since the beginning of the uh, of the formation of this. But I, I believe that w there is a way to be able to basically unify us. And that's kind of what his, I, the part of the message that I did like about the, uh, Pete's message was we need to be unified as a country, not as just like these parties of whatever might be. It's like, it, or races. It's, we all need to work together towards the common good of all of us, you know, um, and I just feel like there is, we still have a super long ways to go there. It's a, it's, it doesn't feel Absolutely. like, like it's we're, like two steps forward and 18 steps back. Yes. That's a great point. That's a, that's a really, really good point. And I mean, really, we've been talking about this question because we've known, I'm just going to put this question on yeah. the screen for everyone who needs to see the questions because, you know, I'm that visual type of person and of course, we've been talking about this the whole time, but I think we're really segueing into not just our personal reactions to, to this, but narrowing down to what are our responsibilities as, as educators, educators. Mm -hmm. moving into, I mean, I could, I could say this fall, but you know, I, some so much uncertainty, this, but you know, and, but some people, even this summer, 
asking, yes. hey, teachers, have you reached out to your students of color? Um, you know, how are they doing? Have you checked in with them? And yeah, and I don't know the, it, of course, that's just a huge question. And it's not just George Floyd, but, you know, Amy Cooper and um, Brianna Taylor. That's right outside yeah. my down the road from us. Yeah. You know, there have been so many incidents lately and really you could go list on and on and on. It's not as if they're out of the ordinary and that's the problem. Right. Yeah. So what do we do as educators? I think that, I mean, the biggest thing, that's the thing I'm fighting myself at right now. And I think someone else put this on Twitter, which was a really good point is I'm finding myself listening more than wanting to go ahead and speak another and in, by listening you know as far as the proverbial thing as far as on twitter reading more right and understanding more and listening to the viewpoints of those things that i truly can't i don't understand mm -hmm. um and so i need to learn more and then and then also literally i actually would like to have conversations with um our teachers of of color or our administrators of color to come in and basically say, what are some things that we can do that are action steps? Cause that's what I would like to know. Like, what can I, can we do as educators and then as administrators and as systems that we can do in our educational systems, let's call them that actually are action steps. You know, it's not about like what you say, uh, it, you know, in the end, it's like, what do we do? to make things change and and can we and can those changes occur you know obviously starting with our educational systems and you know and then obviously branching out from wherever it might be um so that's the biggest thing is i really have a lot of questions and i really want to make sure that i learn but i i i don't know i don't know enough to where i want to actually go ahead and 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 say this is what it should be, how we should leave for is like, no, I really, I don't know. And, but I want to learn. I, I would say the same. And actually, um, <laughs> when you guys were mocking me earlier before we uh, started <laughs> streaming, yeah. uh, one of the things that I was grabbing was this book has been sitting on my desk for many months. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it was one that was recommended to me in one of my classes, and I don't remember if it was this fall or earlier this winter, um, but it seems like an apt time to read it. So when yeah. everything started happening this week, I thought, you know, when I go up to the school to live stream on Friday night, I need to grab it, grab this. Um, yeah, oh, I, I, I think ahead. that that's that that is something that we can do is like I just said, I want to be able to get more educated. I want to be able to know what are the action steps? What are the things that we can do, you know, as an instructional coach that I am, you know, with my fellow educators as, as we develop professional development, you know, as we, as we create professional development for the fall, what are the things we need to make sure that we include in those things? Uh, I think we talk about in Minnesota cultural responsiveness, something like that is one of our mm -hmm. things for our licensure. What does that actually mean and how can we make it apply, you know, something that we can apply in our classrooms, like on an everyday basis or whatever it might be that we can do um, 
because like I said, I think a lot of us are just, we don't know, like, what is it that we can do? Do you know what I mean? Like, and so I think that we're looking for it, but we don't know kind of what that next step is. And I, I see that Mare has an awesome book list. That mm -hmm. Mike here ahead too. But, you know, at a really good point that Mike is making indirectly here that um, he doesn't realize he's making, or at least for me, follow some really great teachers of color on Facebook, not or on Twitter, and not that Mira mm -hmm. is not a teacher of color, but she's definitely an advocate and a great person to follow. But there are some other really, really great ones. Um, Mr. Mr. Gilson is definitely one that I follow and read very carefully when he tweets about race and equity. Ken Shelton, do you follow him? He's, yes. he's another oh, good one. Yeah. Another good recommendation. Yep. Yes. And we've had, we had Ken on the show and I really felt that on a lot of the hard topics that we asked him questions about, you know, it's like, and I, I felt like they're, they're hard for us to ask Ken Shelton about, but he came from a perspective of here's where you're at. This is where you are. And he's not talking about us in general, but just when he speaks to someone and it's like, I understand like where you're at, where you're at. But let me bring you to this other place, this other perspective. Um, and it's amazing. And that's why he's such a, I mean, a great educator, a great speaker, a great you know, leader as far as in the educational field. And, and someone obviously that we need, can be listening to, uh, especially during these times. So, and I think there's a lot of those voices and they're often you know, ignored or put on the side or whatever it might be, you know, as far as the thing goes, but we have a lot of learning to do and we don't, and uh, I'll be honest, I don't have many mm -hmm. answers, you know, someone I think put something about Glenn will help you with whatever. It's like, I, I only have my, my perspectives and my experiences to be able to draw from, you know, and none of them can, can, fit this specific scenario. So I, I need to learn more. Well, I, uh, I grew up in a county in my state that is predominantly white. There were only two um, students of color when I went to high school. And one of them has become an author. And she's actually pretty famous. She's won several Appalachian uh, contests or writer contest anyway when she published her first book i and she and i weren't friends in high school i mean i admire her so much now um but i've i've bought every book that she wrote and i've read them all but the insight that she provided to me as an adult reading that book that i did not have as a high schooler going to school with her mm. but now i have as a as an adult about her life, it it was just it just opened up a lot of uh, a lot of my eyes about that. And her her name's Crystal Wilkinson. She's on Twitter as well, and she's um, she's written four books, I believe, three or four books. And um, I, just what you said, you got to you've if you're if it's not coming to you, you've got to seek it out. You're going to have yeah. to learn on your own. Melissa's got her book. Um, you know, find those people on Twitter that we can learn from. And Diana, I think you bring up a good point, though, with that book and how teachers and I'm going to 
aim this more to English language arts teachers, but I think it can stretch out to humanities, all humanities is, and librarians, media specialists, we need to take a more analytical look at what books we are, are on the shelves, because mm -hmm. I guarantee you in almost every school in America, point. the books are predominantly white characters. Mm -hmm. And luckily in the few years, past few years, it, we've been making strides. And mm -hmm. I think especially the past two or three years, especially with um, sexual, sexual orientation mm -hmm. has really taken off. But it, that's like saying they've grown from here to here. And right. <laughs> um, but we as as teachers need to make sure that our student that our students are represented in the materials that they're reading. We select. Correct. Same thing in the curriculum. If mm -hmm. American literature curriculum that is traditionally taught to 11th graders, if we're looking at that and we see Benjamin Franklin and uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne and everything is white males with a few Native American myths and um, maybe a Booker T. Washington text thrown in to be multicultural. Again, we're saying that this is the norm to follow. Right. That this is what is accepted. And we're in, an, in hopefully, not intentionally sending that message, but that is the message that we are sending by teaching mm -hmm. that canon. And I think that can be said with other humanities areas too. If in art class, we are only teaching uh, Picasso and Van Gogh and European artists, we're sending that same message. Mm -hmm. I think it's just something that that is, that is one of the action steps to what you're describing there. And I, I know that there is a huge movement towards basically making sure that the literature that we are exposing our students to is representative of our students. The other part that I was thinking about too is that our teachers become representative of the students that we have in our classrooms by proportions. That's what I mean. And unfortunately, that is not anywhere near the case. Um, I would say in the city of Minneapolis, for example, this this incident happened there, but there is not enough representation of people of color that are actual teachers of the many students that we have in our classes. So that also doesn't feel right. And not right. only doesn't feel right, it's called there's something, there's a negative perception there then too. If you don't have, you can't see, like, you know, you see your educator is like you, representative of you, and you don't see any educators <laughs> that look like you. Yep. That is not good, especially now, you know, like we could be having this conversation in 1992, you know, <laughs> when yep. I was like a sophomore in high school, but this is 2020 now. I'm like going to be 45 years old. It's 20. I mean, we've gone, it's not even the year 2000 anymore. I remember that. It's like 20 years down the road of that. I, I have to believe, though, and I'm a positive person, that we've grown a lot, even though we see these things are super magnified, you know, incidences like this, which I'm glad that they are, that we get to call them out. You know, like someone said, this happened all the time, but 
now we actually are able to record it instantly and we see these things more often but i actually think that in general worldwide let's just talk about the united states in general that we have grown as a people it's just that unfortunately the way that we communicate at this moment in time is is very it's in it, it's very negative i mean it's a and and a lot of the communications that take place especially in the social media platforms are of a negative you know line they start there's way more negative than positive and and you know mike could tell you you know they sell all kinds they sell much more of whatever they want to sell by being going negative you know and Absolutely. and that sucks but i want to believe that in general <laughs> our we have grown as a people that we can get past not only get past these moments but we can learn from these moments because we're not going to get past it we're going to learn from these moments and grow as people and our leaders will grow you know and the people that we elect will grow and us as educators and our students um i, I believe that as far as you know americans and and, and uh the educational system I, I have to believe that otherwise it'd be very devastating and sad. it'd be sad very depressing yes very it'd be very depressing if we didn't have a positive spin and know that we can do better yes. well yes. and i think in a way even though social media is negative and uh, drives me insane but i also think that this puts those events in our laps a little bit more because yes. now I'm thinking back to when Glenn and I would have been in high school and you know remember very vividly the OJ Simpson case and that always felt like something that was happening far far away right yes. that wasn't happening here and I think social media puts that in our map in our laps now yeah because that's true there are people who we know who are connected to it right hearing from them it's we can't just say it's happening over it's there it's else. not part of my life yeah right very very accurate good there. point yes all right so what else has been happening out in the uh <laughs> shall we move to our next question are you guys ready for even more yes i'm trying to kill an ant i just saw an ant and i'm trying to find it so i think it went under my computer uh. in case people are wondering <laughs> yeah dang it oh okay um oh gosh here we go <laughs> <laughs> one thing to it we're gonna save like the happier stuff for the end i the i end. told, yeah, I told you guys make sure <laughs> you got happy stuff for the end because we definitely need it yes. um so this of course came up in a twitter really fiasco yesterday <laughs> where wow. alice keeler is promoting her work via face masks with her I guess logo, logo, logo and yep. the website on them. Yep. And you know, anybody who subscribes to her newsletter could then have a free face mask. And there were a few who were appreciative. Uh, there was a lot of blowback from it as well, especially yep. yesterday. Still some today. Um, I oh. guess, you know, what were your reactions and what it, <laughs> br branded face masks is 
Well, I will say that we branded some face masks in our school mm. for for fall. Um, we have a very active family and consumer science program, and they run their own merchandising program where they they buy and or, or they create and then sell items, and um, and so we so they sold some mask with our school logo on it. Yeah. But it wasn't all over Twitter and it wasn't, no. it was just, they were doing it for the students to be able to help them look uniform or if they wanted it and also help their, their merchandising business. So sure. I'll I just throw that, that out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and I can see that. Like some people were saying, Hey, there's some sports teams doing this, whatever it might be. Yeah. Here's my big difference between any of these things is, for your school, that's a unif like it's like I'm wearing this shirt right from from our sock rappers thing where like we're all in this together. Um, it's it's a way of unifying the student body, yeah. the school and the community, and making sure that everyone knows that, hey, we're doing this. We're it you know it has the insignia whatever it might be, but you're part of us. We are part of a group, and that actually happens a lot too. In in and and Melissa, you have. Uh, kids who are big athletes mm -hmm. also and so you know kind of this culture of of sports we've talked yeah. about you know sports mm -hmm. in general where that actually is a great thing and it's a great thing that is in the united states is part of our <laughs> part of us is kind of finding that unifying factor we may come from all kinds of different situations whatever it might be but we all unify world vikings fans for example whatever it might be and it feels like that can be a way to unify a group of people, you know, in, in, for in a in a time when it does it, nothing feels good, you know, unfortunately. Right now, if in this case, it's just strange more than anything else. That's how I felt about it. when I looked at it. I saw the reaction. I was like, "Geez, this is getting <laughs> this is getting really bad really fast." I just thought it was weird to not as someone put on there and, and did a good job, basically they said something to the effect of, did you think through this, you know, as far as like how this could look, you know, how this might look on this day, these days now, hundred thousand people were just announced that, that have already died. It's just that a good, it's it, there probably was never a good time to do this, but definitely not now. And then, and then for the purpose of, becoming part of a mailing list, you know, as far as getting this thing and you become, you sign up for the mailing list, which in this, in, in her world, getting part of a mailing list is actually collecting information to potentially you are now going to be a customer. I mean, we're going to mm -hmm. just be honest with that. The way that it works as far as whether it was, would be someone that's in the education world, that's uh, someone with 200,000 followers there or someone that is a Instagram celebrity those numbers of followers a company attaches that so that they know that that is your influence factor you know and then they will be able to pay you so that you promote their products even when we are doing on education we have a specific number of listeners and when a company comes to us we're honest we're like yeah we have this many listeners we will promote X product to our customers, you know, and those things. 
so to prom- to to say number one, I mean, there was a lot of bad things that were said as far as the yeah. <laughs> the follow ups by Alice were horrible too. That's the part that's really bad. I mean, it was bad initially, but then it got worse. So if you would have said, "Hey, I'm just doing this," so someone gave them. Obviously, she said someone had given them to her, had made them for her, and then she was giving them away in exchange for your information, basically. And we all know that it, you know, Diana, you work in technology and education mm-hmm. at tech. We know that it's pretty sacred. Information is now sacred, you know, yes. as far as we don't want to give away information. now. We actually are teaching our kids to not just give not. away your stuff because it's, it has value. It's mon- There's a monetary value to it and, and companies know this. So, However, she wanted to talk around the topic itself. It was for a monetary purpose in the end, you know. Though she did follow it up with one of the most horrible follow-up tweets I have ever seen in my life, and that got even more. I don't think I saw that. That was the one she put on there. Don't you know I have a bunch of fans? Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I read about that from another tweet. Yeah. (sighs) Ah. That's just not the good follow. <laughs> <laughs> You're already in a hole. Don't, I, that was just not a good. How am I hurting you? That's what she something to the effect of. And it's called it's just not a good. It's it's not a good time, obviously, to promote that. The product itself is personal protection equipment, you know, basically that things that we're trying to go ahead and, and where to to protect ourselves. And to make it about a profit, whew, that was that was that. There were so many things there, and I just felt like unco- I felt more uncomfortable that I wasn't enraged or anything. I was just like, oh gosh, that feels I, not good. That, yeah, it was like you can't. It just didn't feel right when I first saw it, but yeah, I wasn't offended. It was just like, hmm. <laughs> You know, and then someone pointed out, well, what about the companies that give out conference bags? And I was like, yeah, but I don't carry conference bags around my classroom or I I can't explain why it's not the same, but it's not the same. And what if what if the mask it had we're all in this together on yes. it? Yes. And and she didn't collect yes. information too. Because right. In her world, and and anybody that's in any really social media marketing world, collecting information equals the possibility of being able to get sponsorships and and basically monies. So that's obvious. I mean, as far as that goes, and and you're right. It was just straight. And here's the difference, though, Melissa, I can see. Those bags that they gave away at conferences – they weren't to protect us from a deadly virus that had just has killed a hundred thousand people since you know uh, February. That that would be the biggest difference. This is not a toy or a pen with Alice Keeler's little insignia. This is the protective equipment that we're using to be able to go in and keep each other, keep ourselves safe, safe and keep each other safe. So it feels like a really serious. It is a really serious yeah. issue that was used to do this marketing you know kind of thing and and though someone may have made it for her you know i i I don't have any reason to not believe that someone did that you know uh and then she was just going to give them away very possible that that actually it still feels like 
okay, I should have given them away on the down low. Like I see them and I'm looking at yeah. them. Oh, these are super cool. They look neat. Even though I'm really tempted to put one of these on and like take a picture and do this whole thing. It's like I'm tempted because it's like this, you know, obviously I could, it'll drive some stuff, you know, it'll, you know, some likes and some retweets, whatever it might be. It's like, nah, I really shouldn't. There should have been something that struck a chord where you're like, I can't do this. It's feeling, this is not the right time to, to do this. And I don't know if there would ever be a right time when, when we're talking about people dying, you know? Um, so yeah, that went down (laughs) like a ball of flames yesterday. And my goodness. And, and like you said, if she would just uh, apologize, because I mean, we've all made those kind of mistakes before where we're like, Oh, we did not think that through. Yes completely understand we are human and i think we need to remember alice is you know human too and she's you know she's trying her best but this is just just be like i just didn't think that through yeah you are right if anybody wants a face mask let me know and i'll get one out someone out to you i actually saw yesterday and i don't know if too many other people saw it but I'm not going to put the person's name, it, but it was another person with hundred thousands of followers, right? Mm-hmm. They also did something yesterday, the day before yesterday, early in the morning and put something out that immediately received some negative feedback. Um, mm-hmm. And it was based on, again, the virus. It was kind of a promotional thing, right? It was like kind of a promotional thing. Some people took offense to it and the person immediately took it down, took it down. retweeted their their original thing kind of put it so that they could show that they're not hiding it, but they, put they it messed they up. Said, right. They said, Hey, you know what? I wasn't trying to offend anybody. I thought it would be, I, it was gimmicky and it was whatever it might be. And I was wrong. Right. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have actually done that. And I apologize to anybody that I offended and things I, I, you know, I'm learning here and, mm-hmm. and, and next time I, I do anything, I'm, I, I will for sure be thinking through kind of what, is the perception of whatever it is. And guess what? Nobody's even talking about that because it immediately reset yeah. it. They, everybody can move on and it could be like, oh, yeah. Because again, we all make mistakes and we all do things where it's like, oh, eh, that probably wasn't, it wasn't what I meant to do. <laughs> Basically, you can say that and I apologize and I'm going to learn from this and, you know, let's move on. Let's move forward with this. Yeah. yeah. One of my, on that, as we're wrapping this up, one of my former students, when I was teaching journalism, um, he graduated, I think it was 2017. And he, he did that exact same thing today. He put out a tweet this morning that all lives matter. And it got a lot of negativity. So he did the same thing. He took it down. He then retweeted it, but at the top had a disclaimer that he said, I am so sorry. I didn't realize you know, that I was being disrespectful to uh, the African-American community. It was just, I'm like, oh, yes, you learned. Yay. So good for you. So you're right. Just admit your mistake and show everybody that you're human. Exactly. Well, you got any positive stuff to talk about? (laughs) Well, let's move on to something a little bit more fun. And this is your favorite quote, or I shouldn't say favorite quote, but a quote (laughs) that you had on this week's episode. Digital summits, if we build them, will they come? And I, you know, along with that, 
are you guys going to any digital summits? What's the plan for the hmm. summer? And should On Education build its own summit someday? <laughs> I actually signed up for one today and then I skipped out on every session. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was about the whole topic was it was it was awesome. And if I were not retiring, I would have hung in there and gone to all the sessions I signed up for because it was free. But the more but the the sessions were really about preparing for next year and, sure. you know, getting classrooms ready and all that. And I'm not going to be doing that. And I had some other things I needed to work on. So I thought eh, I'm just going to skip out. But I do think that. That, like Glenn said, if we build it. I think they would come. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in that, in knowing how people are feeling about doing pro some professional development this summer on their own, in their own living room and their own bedroom, whatever it might be, being able to attend those sessions, get some actual, get some learning from the, the, I mean, there's some people that are presenting for free that you would have to pay basically thousands of dollars to be able to attend ISTE, for example, or whatever right. else might mm -hmm. be the different conferences. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't have to do that. I just, I, it makes me always, I, in the back of my mind, I always think about though, there's a lot of people who, who already got burned out by, by this. It, it, and it, there's no doubt why. I mean, this is, they need crazy. a break. Mm -hmm. This is crazy. It's unprecedented. I think they may need a break from, these screens you know, yes from the screens themselves i think yep. they weren't they they weren't prepared for it. they weren't used to this this is not the world that they live in and they truly were like you know some uh educators some teachers actually gave their laptops back today because today was oh. our, our final laptop turn-in day for our school and there was some thoughts like that like here here i have everything there i need to actually separate myself physically from this because I, I just think it was just not, you know, not mm -hmm. for them. But I think after a little bit of time, you have a couple of weeks and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I need something to I'm, do. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. A few sessions and mm -hmm. I have this opportunity to be able to learn about game-based learning or right. We have to learn about leadership or the topics that we just finished talking about. Like how do we, do the best job we can for our students of color and just all of our students in general. Right. With these topics that are so difficult to talk about. I, I actually want to learn more about like that. And I'm hoping that there are some sessions like those types of things, whoever might be offering that. Um, but I, my question was to Mike though, is like, if you actually do have these virtual conferences, you know, compared to a normal ISTE, which would uh, you know attract 20,000 educators, right? How many people will actually attend? And that's what I'm like. Huh. Oh, but see, Aud Audrey just posted something. Audrey just said that. that. Yeah. Yeah. She Which, said, I mean, granted, you know, Minnesota teachers had that, I believe they had that Friday and Monday off. So, mm -hmm. or not off, but kind of dedicated to training yep. all of that mm -hmm. um and this we just happened to plan that serendipitously right with those two days uh so i think probably a lot of the numbers came from minnesota teachers but we had numbers from all across all around the world everywhere in the world 
Yes. Yep, People all over it. the world. Yep. We're attending. <laughs> and I, I think people were tuning in, even though it was kind of like, when did that happen? It was at the beginning of May. That's mm-hmm. this was the first. Yeah. It was May 1st and 4th. Yes. It was May Day. So if, if we're, if we see the, you know, most of us started in March sometime as yeah. far as in distance learning or online learning. And then this was already basically a month and a half down the the road. I think a lot of people were trying to learn, okay, now what can I do Next. Not the, re- yeah. the rest of to, this year to finish, mm-hmm. but then also like in the future, what right. else could I actually be doing to be able to go out and film these things? And now without being able to go to all these conferences, there's a lot of us who are like so sad <laughs> that yes. are used to going to a lot of conferences. And now it's like, Oh, it's going to hit me in July. I know too. I'm going to be like sad. I'm going to be like, yeah, there's like yeah. all these things that we could have been. Yeah. But, um, will we find that we have participants that are willing to come? And actually, because I think Ms. I think Steve Isaac said something to this effect on somewhere on Twitter. And he, he had a great point. He believes that people will come to these and even people that normally wouldn't have gone to those conferences because of the financial um, burdens. Barriers, right. The financial barriers. Because now we can just basically run these things and just do them for free. Right. I mean, we can get, I mean, as far as you might need a couple of things to be able, that you might need actual you know, money for a platform like this, like StreamYard or whatever it might be. But you could find just a sponsor that would be willing to go ahead and you know, pay for whatever it is. And I know you guys ran it. Through the we ran it on, edu- through- on Zoom, right? Yeah, yes. Dave Blanchard Zoom. <laughs> Literally, Zoom. that's how His we did it. Personal Zoom, and you ran it. The Department of Education. This whole conference, you guys rocked it. Yes, off his Zoom. <laughs> but Audrey has a good point. Yeah, Audrey has a good point. She said that the great thing was we posted sessions on YouTube, so the views after the session were huge because. Mm. That way you make the, you make it point. flexible for people who can't sit in in that very 45-minute time slot. But if yes. you make it available after the fact, you're still serving that same purpose. And that doesn't happen. If anybody doesn't know this, I don't know if, how many people tune in or whatever it might be that don't know that at ISTE, a lot of the stuff is um, like held by the ISTE organization. Right. And it's not distributed out because they put it on their platforms. You know, they do. So they're not like broadcasting some of the stuff. So you might not be able to see many of the sessions unless someone personally records it. So yeah, this is a great point, Audrey, Mm -hmm. that not only could you do it live and people attend and they come then, but then afterwards you have this whole bank of all of these amazing speakers and all of these Mm -hmm. amazing ideas that are shared you know, probably I would imagine that most of these things are going to be for free, you know, that, that people are going to be putting these uh, things for free. We actually do this in Kentucky. You'll have to look it up after their, after our broadcast, it's called KY digital and um, KY go digital, KY go digital. And we've been doing that for probably two years and it's like once a month and there are principals or counselors. They do different sessions, but they but they put them all on YouTube. So if you can't sit during the regular school day and watch it, you can always go back and watch it. And um, they're having a big one this summer. I don't know if I've already missed it or if it's coming up. But um, yeah, I think it's I think people will participate simply because of that financial barrier for for actually going to a conference. Yeah. 
Because yeah, nobody's going to have finances next year to do anything. <laughs> no, but no. And, and that does resolve so much of the equity because for, you know, those of us teachers who do go to those conferences, it's because we either yeah. have a two income family right. or, and, or probably, and we've been at this teaching gig long enough that we have enough salary to make it happen, or we have some yes. ways to make it happen. You know, a lot of newer teachers or teachers who live in the urban areas where the cost of living is just so darn high, they can't get to these conferences. Or they have small children at home that they can't leave. Big Another time. great yes. point. Mm -hmm. Or they yes. have teenagers at home. And <laughs> that they can't leave. leave. <laughs> I am not, can't probably ever go to FETC until like they all graduate. Because Correct. That's when my husband's at the ranch, and I'm like, well, there's just no way I'm yeah. going to be able to leave these three alone. No. I'm thinking about who are all the people that's, you know, we need to get out on the recruitment trail and, and see yeah. if we can get some, uh, uh, you know, people that are part of the On Podcast Media Network, and then maybe some of our podcast friends also. I'm calling them friends. Friends basically, of the pod. Former former guests <laughs> well are you all leslie are you all leslie fisher groupies like i am i yeah. do yes. like leslie Fisher. well she's been offering her these sessions all like since march for free yeah. i've oh, i've taken awesome. at least one a week wow. um she's gotten some backing by microsoft and rocketbook and i've forgotten who else Awesome. That because that's how she makes her income, her livelihood is going to conferences mm -hmm. and with conferences being shut down, um, she's very fortunate to have some uh, companies to support her. But, you know, that would be awesome. we, she has hundreds of people on a Friday night at 7 p.m. watching a virtual webcast. So, so I think Fisher, it's doable. We're making that call. <laughs> I well, think it's doable. A, she was supposed to be on the pod before yes. Yes, Leslie was. Corona hit. It was a scheduling snafu of some sorts, and we yeah. ended up not being able to get because she was on our list. But we'll get we'll get in there. <laughs> I can I can reach out to her. She signed oh. my rocket book. We're like besties. Oh, so you're besties now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> She's Please one I can go out. sit in a session with her at any time and always. She's amazing. Love her. Yeah. And actually I was just thinking during these times, we've gone to all these different conferences, met so many different amazing people, uh, presenters, keynote speakers, and so on and so forth, that I don't think that I think a lot of people are willing to give an hour of their time and be like, and like you just said, get onto yeah. a zoom call basically and, yep. or this platform and go, Hey everyone, I'm going to speak with you for, you know, 45 minutes, answer 15 minutes of questions, you know, follow up with whatever. And then boom, you're all done. Yep. So it, it could work. At first I was doubting it. So I was like, yeah, I don't know if people will come, but now you guys are making me think. It's maybe a possibility. Well, keep, just keep in mind, if they don't yeah. come at the very exact same time and we still make it available, they'll, it still counts. Exactly. Because mm -hmm. the views afterwards, the, the ability to be able to connect with those people afterwards, too. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Okay. It was a so, great chat. Yeah. Just a few minutes left. So you guys need to, we need to leave with some hoorays. I feel like we did end on a positive note here yeah. uh, after our very dismal in start very important um but yes, yes not yes. 
lighthearted <laughs> beginning. Yeah. yeah. So what what are we looking forward to this next week? I am looking forward to not having a chapter of revelations outside my window. Like <laughs> yes, I like seriously. Planet Earth. Please. Nothing new this week. I yes, don't want please. any new pandemics. No, no floods. Got no hurricanes. No. <laughs> we do not need the seventeen years to get locust. No, no. Us. Just let us be for a week. Well, I have exciting something to look forward to. Yeah. I'm getting a haircut. Hey. <laughs> My hairdresser's back in this coming week and I have an appointment. That's amazing. Oh. That's hilarious too. Yep, that's fun. I, I am excited. My wife's birthday is tomorrow. And we are taking <gasps> Yay. the boys. We are doing the hiking adventure. So go spend that's awesome. time out in the outdoors. Um, cooking here at the house, you know, uh, but making it special. And we're like, hey, doesn't matter. Can't go out to whatever, but we're going to make it. You make it special in, 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 in your house and then also we have the great outdoors. It's time for us to take advantage of, of that and, and go out there and really do those things. We don't need to be, you know, go to certain places. We can wait till it's safe. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because yeah. as well as I recall, what, what you told us about your weather is you have a limited time for warm weather. So you better get outside to get it's really take advantage just of it. June through <laughs> September. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't even want to say that out too, <laughs> yeah. too loud. Cause it'll be snowing in September. No, no. Yeah. No, it's perfect. Awesome. Well, especially this year. Yes. yes. Yeah. This year it'll probably first snow. September 15th. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's gotta be this year too. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Awesome. Uh, I bought a new, I really hate yard work until this year. And now this year it's like, that's what you said. No, it's, it, it's <laughs> like all of a sudden this year, I'm just like, it makes me feel good to go out and do something and be like, mm. I did so I did much that. better now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've done something. So I went to Walmart, dear God, and um, survived. Two hours away. Ball. To, oh yeah, yeah. So my drive. son got his braces off, so we oh, had right. to go to the orthodontist office two hours away. Um, so I went to Walmart where uh, most people were not recognizing social distancing, okay. and then I bought a hedge trimmer. So oh. I'm really excited this weekend to plug that baby in, and yeah. I've got about eight, no, maybe six overgrown lilac trees in my backyard. They're not super overgrown, but getting there. So we're going to, I'm going to be. That's not your, just your everyday nature tool. That's a power tool. That's 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 a great place to start. (laughs) I thought about getting, you know, the big one. And then I'm like, no, no, I'm going going all out. The $35 hedge trimmer. Yes. (laughs) You have fun. I, I, I will. We'll I will. <laughs> All right. Yes. And we have one last comment from Miss Audrey. He did. Know he what did. He, about. he did. Yes. Thank you, Audrey. Thanks for sticking yep. around. <laughs> Thank you, guys. All right. Yeah. Super fun. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for a great chat, everyone. And awesome. Yeah. Until next Friday. Next Friday. I'm next hoping Friday. for a much calmer chat next Friday, by the yes. way. Yes. So, yes. Positive yes. talk next week. It's Hopefully. Happen. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.